That's your t-shirt now, don't I? This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Oh, I'm just waiting on you guys here. You tell me when. You're the cool producer that says, In five, four, three, two, silent. No, it's silent one, Dave. Silent one. No. Okay, you're the producer. Make the rule. What is it? Silent three? Go. Is it silent three? No, this, you can't just change it. You can't tell me it's one way and then say it's not. I don't want you to cut it. I want people to see how you are gaslighting me professionally. Hi. Welcome to the show. As you can see, I'm in a good mood because of Dave, but I'm in a better mood because Natalie wore orange. Silk. You remind me of Sunny Delight. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of a creamsicle, but... Okay. This, what? No, I guess you're right. Yummy. All right. This show didn't start out weird at all. <laughs> People do probably recognize you. I don't know. Have we, we, I don't think we've had you on yet. Never. We, no. Oh, wow. Yeah. You've been... You've appeared in in occasional photos on my Instagram. Oh, really? But in official capacities. Okay. Uh once in the on the Senate floor. Uh good. and again outside the halls of Congress. Was the Senate floor with State School? It was. Okay, that was years it ago. Was. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Miss Natalie Quam, the attorney uh that has spearheaded rewriting laws in the United States over the last three to four years. What are you up to? Working on military issues. No, no, no. I mean, how many, how many, how many have you done so far? Uh, Three bills. uh, That have passed. Correct. Wow. Yes. I don't even know anybody else that has one bill that they, where do you even start with this shit? So I'll tell you, (laughs) you call me and you're like, this is an injustice, Natalie. This is what happened to me. And I look at the law and I say, yep, this is a problem. We need to change the law. So I draft a bill and then I shop Congress and I think who would be the best person to, to champion it, who would be the best person to co-sponsor it. And then I go and I start talking about the issue and explain to the congressman or the members of Congress and senators uh, why we need to change this law and why it's unfair and unjust if the law continues to go the way it does. And one of my um, most important passions is military rights and our service members. You know, they, are, they, they serve our country, yet they have the least rights in our country. Uh, illegals have more rights. Criminals have more rights. Convicts, you I mean, they could sue for anything, but anyone who's actively serving our military has the minimal rights allowed. And that's not fair. I'm not saying, hey, I want somebody to be able to blow up a building just because they feel like it. I'm saying that they should have a right to health care, good health care, and have a right to be made whole, have some kind of legal recourse if something goes wrong. And that was the Richard Stasekel Military Medical Accountability Act that we got passed. So for many years, our service members, they were... You know, if they were, um, unfortunately... Um, we're we're going to go into detail yeah. on this in a minute. So, it's not, yeah, you're Aaron Brockovich with an M250 caliber machine gun. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's it, it, the fact... These are some of those ideas and things that are talked about in 
team rooms in squadrons and things like that amongst military members that are like, this is, this is horseshit. This is messed up, blah, 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 blah. But does anything ever come of it? No. Whereas over the last four years, you have changed the law three times on major things. And you and I met uh, while you were working on the Stayscale uh, Medical Accountability Act. And, yeah. and you, let's go into detail with that. So how did you meet Richard? Like, how did this come about? And then what was your course of action from there? And then, you know, I know some of the drinking bros and people that have listened to the, sh the to our shows for a long time kind of know some of the story where we met opposition in the last final yards that we had to come over and then we eventually got it passed. But yeah, t walk us through this. Sure. So um, it was the middle of the night, I got an email from Richard's mother and she said, my son is dying of cancer, is stage four cancer and um, nobody will represent him, help him. Um, it was a very upsetting email. And I remember forwarding it to my uh, to my office, to my staff and saying, get this person uh, on the phone tomorrow. Let's figure out what's happening. And she did say he was a Green Beret and stuff. Um, so all my work I do for the military is pro bono as a stuff because they just, they would never be able to afford me. And secondly, it was just something I feel like I need to do. So I, I spoke but to them. But things at this level like require somebody of that level of law, yeah. somebody that understands the Supreme Court. Like right. where, where are you, where are you operating at here? Right. So like, I, I did, I interned at the U.S. Supreme Court. I went to Georgetown Law. I have an MBA. I have a second master's in finance. I probably worked or studied or did something up at that caliber in the world with somebody that would make a difference. So, um, you know, these are to me colleagues that I would reach out to, um, and, you know, I, like I say, I know people in high places and low places, you know, when I need something done, it's going to be something I don't want on the record. I contact people that I've done favors for, and I never ask for a favor, but when I need to do a favor, when I need a favor, I, I, I reach out like you and everyone else that I say, Hey, like you guys have a lot of clout in the um, universe. And if I need some help on getting some, something done past or something, I'm going to reach out to you. But with Richard's case, it was very upsetting. And I spoke to the mother and she said that no one will represent him because of the Ferris Doctrine. So the Ferris Doctrine in 1950s law, Supreme Court said, if you are um, active duty, you cannot sue the DOD for um, malpractice. However, um, medical malpractice. Medical malpractice. Yeah. So that was when the Supreme Court came out with that opinion. That was an opinion based on when they were in the field, when they were in theater, when, you know, of course, a medic comes over to repair your arm in the middle of a battle and he doesn't have the the, the different tools and gadgets and everything that they have in hospitals. However, this was over-applied, misapplied, uh, broadly applied by the DOD on every issue, of course, conveniently, so that way they would not be able to uh, be sued or be held accountable. So when I read the opinion and uh, such, I was like, no, 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 this is a misapplication of the law. Of course, I looked at the history of the cases that went before the Supreme Court and I saw that they were, uh, the Supreme Court said exactly what they said afterwards. And this is the first time you ever see Scalia and Ginsburg agree on something. And they said, this is an unjust law, but Congress is responsible for making law. So if Congress thinks that this is not uh, correct, Congress has to come out with this law. Well, 10 years ago, prior to Richard Stasekul coming to me, uh, there was a Rodriguez bill that came out. And uh, Rodriguez died on camera from um, uh, melatonin, um, from, um, I think it was a skin disease, something. He died on camera. It was very upsetting. Um, and 
uh, he had this law, this bill that they had, and they wanted to get it passed, saying that you know, if it wasn't during uh, if it wasn't during war, we should be able to sue for medical malpractice. Unfortunately, they were not successful trying to get that bill passed. So when when I had to sit down and think about this and how I was going to go about this, I, I knew the issues. I, I knew the law. I'm, I'm a nerd. And I read and studied everything. So I knew where, what the, where the hardship was going to be. And I knew who I was going to be able to bring on our side. So long story short, I talked to his mother. She gets, his, she gets Richard on the phone and Richard and Megan, um, they call me and you could tell they were kind of like beat. They were spent. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone tells me that you can't, we can't do anything. And I was like, look, ever, just because everyone said no, doesn't mean I'm going to say no. Try me. You know, people only come to me for complicated situations anyway. So he said, um, well, you know, he told me what happened. I said, I think this is a misapplication of law. However, um, come on in, let me meet you. He came in and, uh, you know, he's this big guy. You know, I just, my heart broke for him. Like we got this special forces guy who's dying because some inept doctor, um, University of Mexico, like medical school, like things that you wouldn't even let your cat be operated by this person. <laughs> um, it's true. The standard of care is just amazing. I mean, I don't go to gutter doctors to get my cat operated on, <laughs> but I see what <laughs> reference you're making. So, um, and, and the truth is, you know, the history of um, the medicine in the military has historically not been at its best. Um, and so it's not fair for these men and women who are serving to not have the same standard of care. So I thought it was a good policy issue too. Um, and so I drafted, I said, we're going to go to the Congress and we're going to get this bill passed. I think everyone thought I was like crazy. Um, and no, not a single person <laughs> said, oh, we're, we're making a law, Natalie. We're changing a law. Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah. perfect. They, yeah, they, just put it on my desk. They literally were so mean to me. Everyone said, you're crazy. You're going to lose your shirt. You know, of course, I come back with something very funny with that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm like, okay, let's do it. Uh, but I really believed in this. And I believe in our in our military and I believe in my work ethic. And I said, we're going to do this. And so we did. I told Richard, we're going to go to DC and we're going to go speak to Congress members. And we did. And it was quite an adventure to say it nicely. A lot of people didn't let us in their offices. A lot of people looked at us like we had three heads, but we did it together and we were a team. And we we got that bill passed, thank God. Um, and so now our active duty soldiers members of the military are able to file a claim if they are a victim of medical malpractice while serving. And that's, you would think, oh my God, you know, you did so much great work. This is just, this is reasonable. How is it that that was so hard to get this change? But it was because nobody cares, you know? If it's not happening to them, they don't care. And 100%. I, and I felt it's like, not in front of their face, right, it's not, not affecting their lives. And I lives, serve, then you know, it's not a it's big not, deal. Right, like, I, and I always say this. I say to the members of Congress, look, I'm an immigrant. You know, my parents, my family immigrated from Lebanon. We're Catholic, you know, we're infidels. We like to wear bikinis and drink. Uh, but, you know... <laughs> Horrible. But, um, but you know, why do I have more rights than our active duty soldiers? Why do I have more rights? So even in, when I was in with meetings in our, with our senators and stuff, I said, take my rights away. Let me give him my rights. It's not fair that I have this right and he doesn't. So I think it started wakening, wake, oh, causing our members of, of uh, Congress to realize 
wait, why does she have more rights? Why do we have more rights than the, than the men and women serving our country? Um, and so what I also strive to do is make it a mainstream issue. Stop making this a military issue. Start making this a human rights issue. People who serve our country are human beings. They are still, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to eventually be discharged or they're going to go home to their family and they need rights and protections. So that became um, almost a goal of mine was to make sure that the rights and protections that I have, that you have, are the same ones that our military have. And it's not sexy. I get it. I'm not trying to get some criminal out of jail, you know, or off. But why would I want to spend my time, my valuable time, helping people who harm people wrongfully, rape people, murder people, versus people who serve our country and give us the rights and protections that we have? No, it's amazing. And then, yeah, so what... What were some of the the big roadblocks during the stay scout bill? Like, did you initially try to send it off as as an isolated bill by itself, and then it just got roped into the NDAA, or how did that come about? So yeah, so initially, so initially, because I laugh because I'm thinking how I'm going to say this nicely. Um, <laughs> uh, Aunt Lindsay opposed it. Miss Remember that? Oh, Lindsey yeah. Graham. Oh, yeah. That's, we, when, that's when I called Black Rifle Coffee to help. This is when you send <laughs> oh, in the truth. The drinking bros. The drinking yeah. bros were hard on that one. It was great. Twisting his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Giving out his phone number, his email address. I mean, I remember going to New York and seeing, and friends of mine would call me and there was like, Graham, stickers everywhere. <laughs> Don't fuck with the USA. But um, so there was points where we had obstacles where a lot of members of Congress did not want to support this because they looked at it as floodgates are going to open up. And I heard are, that a lot from some of my some of my friends. Yeah, uh, that's a very, in politics. They were like, cool. "Yeah, well, don't you see the floodgates?" And my argument was always yours back of, "What do you mean floodgates?" If, is there a flood of bad doctors amputating the Correct. wrong legs and misdiet? Like, like, like Correct. these are, these are, we're talking about very, very horrible problems that happen to, to, to people. Like I, I, the, the horror stories that I got of the case studies that you guys had a whole stack of them, mm -hmm. like when you were, when you were doing this, if you got to see even five of these, you were like, oh my God. God, how did this happen? Right. Wrong leg amputations, like wrong, completely wrong surgeries, removing organs accidentally. accidentally Remember Jordan Way, Susie Way and Dana Way, their son Jordan, he had an ordinary sh shoulder wrong surgery with his and, he got, and he died. They overdosed him on, on pain meds and stuff. I mean, like it was, you, you see these tragic cases and you're just like, how do you screw up? Like everyone knows when you're going to the military, you're fit for duty, right? So it's not like we're talking about some 70 year old person who has heart, prior heart conditions. You don't have those issues. There's no comorbid, comorbidities there. There is a healthy person who all of a sudden gets seen by some really um, unfortunate surgeon or doctor that shouldn't be practicing. And all of a sudden they're dying or somebody loses their, their son or daughter or their, their loved one. And they're being told, sorry, you know, you can't do anything about it. So to me, it was just a wrong thing. And when we talk about floodgates, by the way, you know, and I get it, the trial lawyers thing. But when you're regurgitating something like floodgates, it annoys me. Come up with something original, right? First of all, and I said this to one senator, as I'll do respect, if you're worried about floodgates, why not hold the gates up for inmates, illegals with floodgates? Why are we saying they could sue for medical malpractice, but our, our, our military members can't? Hold those gates up for them. 
We should start not from the bottom. Yeah, but people but have to understand that this is how it's written. If you get a botched surgery as a prison inmate, you can sue for medical Correct. malpractice. If you get a bad surgery as a military member, you're not allowed to. Correct. Like, <laughs> Did that make any sense to you? Oh, thanks for murdering someone. And here's $100,000 for your, for your pain. What? <laughs> but now they can. So now we have the right. Now our military has the right to file a claim, you know, pursue a claim. Um, the DOD saying the average claim that they're paying is 1.1 million. And are the these. floodgates, are, are, are there floodgates? Or you know are what? These... It's not enough. It's yeah. not enough to me. 1.1 million. I'm not going to say any names that I think of out there, but there's a lot of criminals and inmates that die and they're getting double 20 million, 27 million to be exact, out there for their pain and suffering. So even though it's it, it's... Not These are specific 20- cases that you've seen uh, go through. Yes. The medical it, malpractice cases. It pains cases. me to see somebody who murdered someone get paid more than somebody who no, didn't. No, that is just wrong. Right. <laughs> Let's put the floodgates up for those people. Okay. So now we are, we're at a good chapter in history. It passes in 2019. Yes. You guys have- President Trump signed it into law. specific window, like, 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 because right. they're doing this in kind of a tiered phase. Correct. You have to have specific evidence and timelines. Well, and we like do that. all that work yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah. So I don't expect anyone to know how to follow this claim or do this, but what we do is we get, you know, your DD-14, everything like that. We, I, like, I literally, I'm speaking to members of Congress on a daily basis, talking about who's are being settled, who's aren't being settled, uh, where the DOD is on it. They're still doing the regs and stuff. So I, you know, I always say I'm not finished until everybody is happy. So I'm continuing to work on these matters, um, again, with members of Congress, with the DOD, meet with the general counsel's office at at the Pentagon, um, and, you know, making sure that what we intended is going to happen here. So nothing's finalized. The, The final rules are not out yet. The interim rules did come out, which means that they can pay these victims um, so we're we're going through the process. This is the first year that uh, we're seeing members of, um, of our military being paid for injuries that they suffered from medical military malpractice. Oh, that's amazing! And yeah. then the second that was done, you didn't sleep. Uh uh-uh. uh No, you picked up another another monster. Which one was that? You want to talk about Vanessa Gein? Uh, yes. Okay. How did how did you get named for this one? So, um, you know, as most people aren't, um, many people don't know the, um, the, (laughs) the map of Congress and how to get a bill passed. I mean, nobody really goes to school for this, right? I mean, there was a schoolhouse rock, right, Dave? (laughs) When a bill becomes a law. My brother actually just got me the t-shirt for Christmas. Schoolhouse rock. I'm just a bill. Yeah, it was cute. (laughs) It was cute. Uh, so when I saw what happened, you know, one of the, um, parts of the Richard Stace school, bill that, you know, the original bill that I drafted included negligence because you saw the kids dying in the a, um, the AVs out in um, um, yeah, San the Diego. AVs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when there's some kind of ne- uh, negligence there, um, sexual assault, um, deaths, you know, from negligence um, and including medical. So the original state school bill had all these other elements that I included in it saying you should be able to sue if this happens to you. Nobody should lose a loved one because 
there was such um, it, it, like gross negligence, you know, with the AEVs. Like they know that these things aren't working and stuff. And yeah, yeah, go ahead, go in there. Mm, it's Good a luck. floating tank. Yeah, yeah. Nothing can go wrong there. <laughs> uh, but sexual assault, you know, I don't, if, if I don't like you, bozo, leave me alone, you know? Just because you're not hot, it's not my problem. God hit you with the ugly stick, leave me alone, you know? But you shouldn't have to go through that, you know? And I, both for both genders. But, um, I added that and that got stripped out of the like, the draft language. So when when Vanessa Gein first went missing, I was like, damn, I just wish that they kept that language in the um, state school bill. But, you know, a lot of the uh, families that I represent, so I represent families that are, you know, a lot of families that live on the bases and they are, they're going through that military mold, the mold at these yeah. um, homes. That, that's horrible. Like not even good mold living conditions. Mold in the barracks, like mold in the, the home. Heck? Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. You know, can't sue. Uh, anyway, so um, a lot of the families that were living uh, in at Fort Hood were contacting me that I represent, and a lot of sexual assault victims, like Erin Scallon, like you remember her, yeah. and a lot of uh, victims were like, "Hey, can't you help this family?" Um, and you know, when I saw what was happening on the news and everything, I was just like, "God, they're going to get railroaded. They're not going to understand, you know, the system, the game. It would have just been the hide the ball kind I of thing." Swear, like, had you not stepped in, they would have gotten. We don't know. Like everybody else. Like, like everybody yeah. else is, all 25 people missing at Fort Hood, that, we don't know their names and wh- what happened to those bodies, right? Like nobody knows. Unfortunately, I just said, you know, I'm going to focus on this family situation. I'm going to, like when they contacted me, Myra, Vanessa's sister contacted me and said, hey, uh, would you, I got your name from some people. But you called first. Yeah, wow. Myra. This is your fault. <laughs> So um, when Myra called me and told me what's happening, I, you know, I said, yeah, you know, I'm willing to help. I think what you really do, what we need to do is we need legislation. Like um, we need to find Vanessa first and then we're going to figure out, you know, how to fix this from happening again. And um, so I flew in. I've never uh, been to, to uh, Houston or Fort Hood. And, you know, it was just new territory for me too. But what wasn't new territory is being creative figuring out how to outsmart the problem. And so um, I, right when I thought it was going to take some time off, um, I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't not help this family. So Myra said, how much are you going to charge us? And I said, no, I'm going to do this for free. And I mean, your, your sister's missing. What am I going to like ask you for money? Uh, <laughs> and she said, well, we just had someone call us and we were going to sign the retainer. He was going to take 50,000 of 150,000 he wanted. I was like, what? I'm in the wrong business. Oh, that's right. I am a lawyer. But I was like, (laughs) what? Oh my God. Like who would do that? But I guess lawyers do that. You know, there's good lawyers and then there's the rest of them. (laughs) Um, So I, I flew down and I, you know, just learned a little bit about it. I called my contacts um, and Hey, what's going on? What's, is this how, what, what's, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? And, um, you know, and I just have a lot of, um, just knowledge from talking to people that were higher in the military and I call them as confidants and I'm like, Hey, what do you think? What, what is, where's the missing link? What's happening? So of course we, we eventually found Vanessa or her remains, unfortunately. Um, and then after that it was time for, to get some legislation in this because, what happened to her should never have happened, first of all. And secondly, you know, we, I didn't like the way it was going. I felt like they, you know, that guy that murdered her should never have been able to leave. He should not have been able to get the, the, um, the, the things they did 
to protect him. And it was during the BLM movement and everything. So I'm, I'm assuming politics had a lot to play at the time um, with why they weren't asking him the questions that they should have asked when they knew all signs led to him. He was the last person with her, all that stuff. So anyway, you know, I, I can't get into too much of the case itself because right now the girlfriend of the murderer is going through trial. So, you know, we still want to- She's still facing trial. Yeah. As an accessory? Yes. Wow. She, um, yeah, she was part of um, uh, dismembering Vanessa, using the machete, like the things that she did. I'm like, who does this? Oh like God. it was the most and disgusting, when, heinous when does thing this ever. Trial finish up. So it's and just what's starting. She facing? It's just start. Believe it or not, not enough. You oh. know, she. I mean, with the way she, what she did with a, a soldier's body, because she's not in the military. She's just, you know, a, another man's wife that he was having an affair with. Really messed up person. Um, they're having her just for um, uh, concealing information. Um, you know, changing her accounts, trying to escape when she was uh, caught. She tried to get away with it twice that she confessed and say, she tried to get her confession thrown out because she said she didn't know her rights and stuff. Well, wait, you didn't know your rights, but we're just watching, thank God for the videos. This is your rights. You have a right to counsel. Oh, I just want to get out of here. That's what, she doesn't even care. And now she cares. Oh, wow. What do you know? Shocker. And she had a, a, a criminal uh, background. So it's not like she didn't know anything about the system. So, you know, that's, that's in its own world, the, the criminal trial. We're working on, you know, we just got the bill passed, thank God. Um, Which is? The I am Vanessa Guillen bill. Got it. Um, and Jack Reed, who is who's now the chairman of the Armed Services Committee, Jack Reed, um, Inhofe, Adam Smith, and um, I can never remember, Rogers, okay. Uh, they all, they were all in support of it. Bipartisan, you know, Mark Wayne Mullen, just so instrumental helped with the state school bill and he was co-sponsor again with Vanessa Guillen bill, um, which was so important to me because I asked him, I came back to him and I said, hey, look, you know, surprise, it's me again. Uh, uh, and <laughs> Got he's another like, one of these laws. <laughs> just try and change law history. Um, but we did it. And, you know, now we have the, our soldiers have more rights and protections if they, they, um, if they go and they want to report sexual assault or sexual harassment, they don't have to go through the same person that's yeah, harassing break them. Yeah, break us down. Break us break down, down. What the new, what this law so now does. So all the intricacies are still being worked out with rights, but right now what it does is if you are so supposedly like seventy to eighty percent of harassment assault is from the same chain of command that you have to report to. So it's kind of like, hey, Harvey Weinstein, yeah. you know, I have an issue with you hitting on me. Can I report you? <laughs> sure, I'll take it. Put in bin 13. Sure, got you. <laughs> I'm not going to be mad you turned me down. So um, right now, you don't have to go through a chain of command. It's going to be a separate entity at the DOD that's going to receive the report who doesn't have a relationship with either. Doesn't know anyone there. None, none. So there's no bias. No bias. Because you know what? There could be bias even with the commander yeah. who isn't the the harasser that doesn't like this boy. You know, like bias or, goes both or ways. Or the report is on someone that has a program that that commander needs to pass an yes. inspection. Yes. Like this goes every which way. Right. Like it's, it's dirty like, all around. Right. You. It, it doesn't, I get it. Everyone's like, oh, this is the way it's always been. Well, we used to piss in woods. Do we still piss in woods, people? I mean, look, just because it's always been like that doesn't mean it worked. Doesn't mean it's right. So... <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's Keep true. Going. 
And so here we are. We have that bill passed. We have more rights and protections. So every day, you know, when I sit there and think about important subjects or issues that our military faces, and, you know, even people in general, like, you know, I think how to make a, the world a better place. I didn't go to Georgetown so I can chase ambulances. I, I went there to make this world a better place. My parents were smart enough to bring us to this country, and this is my way of giving back to this country. You know, I wish more immigrants did this, you know, give back to the country that brought them in. So at least my parents raised me right. And they came legally. (laughs) Very important. And now, so you're, you're in Tampa and what's next? What's next on the docket? You've always got something. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, well, first, I mean, you did, I, I knew you threw your hat in trying to, uh, affect change with the vaccine mandates per DOD. I know that you've got some things you're working around in there. You know, could we see, Discharges upgraded. Could we see people reinstated later down the road because of the things that I, you guys I, are working on? You know, on now? I would like to see that. Um, you know, I don't think that there's a purpose um, of putting making someone unemployed, putting them on the street because they don't want to take this vaccine. I get both sides of the argument, by the way. Um, I, you know, I used to be head of vaccines at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So it's not like I'm an anti vaxxer. So I come with a real neutral view of this. But I also believe that if somebody does not want to have that vaccine, um, test them. That works. Test them. Because even someone who was vaccinated, like me, I tested positive for COVID literally a month later. So it's not like, you know, you are immune. It's not like most vaccines where you're not symptomatic. So I would I would rather have someone tested near me and know that they're not, that they, they don't have the uh COVID versus someone who's been vaccinated and not and not tested because the whole point is not spreading this. And if we have to, you know, uh, put, a, put a fine to it, okay, let's use a fine. Like, you know, if you don't wear your seatbelt or you're, you don't have healthcare insurance, you, you find them. Sure, find them. If that's, if you think being punitive is the way to handle this, but to put someone, displace them from their home or put them, make them homeless because they don't have a job. You know what? I'm a, I'm a big constitutional person. That's a violation of your due process. Everyone has a right to earn a living. Uh, The way that this has been handled, and it it kills me, pains me to watch our soldiers, our military, because I use soldiers a lot, sorry. Our military having to call and say, Natalie, help me out with this. What do I do about this? You know, so I'm going into these um, brainstorming um, uh, think tank kind of situations and approaches and providing my theories and thoughts of the administrative process because there is an administrative process here. And I really do believe later down the road, we're going to learn more about all of this. And we're going to realize, you know, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe, you know, making someone homeless and committing suicide wasn't the way to stop this disease from spreading. Um, And I think a lot of, you know, I just think it was a train that everyone jumped on and there was no brakes. There was, there was no map. There was no guidance and everybody just jumped on this uh, training. And it's just like, it became like a hostile takeover of our country of, if you're not with us, you're against us. And we shouldn't be, we should not handle anyone like this, let alone our soldiers. Again, who are you guys? Big deal. You just served our country. You protected our rights. You gave us the rights and freedoms that you don't have. That's my issue. Why do we treat our our military like second-class citizens? And somebody needs to speak up to them for them. And that's where I feel like no, my, it makes no sense. It my, makes no sense yeah. that the active duty guard and reserve military members have limited rights on on things. Like that's that's not fair. Like it's not. They're 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 
they're literally doing one of the toughest jobs there is with the lowest amount of pay assigned to it. And then we're now going to tell them that they don't have equal rights. I mean, right. it's, it's ridiculous. And again, I'm not talking about equal rights like, hey, you should go and like torch a place if you don't like it. I'm talking about reasonable, normal rights, rights and protections that don't cost anything and that are the right thing to do. And everybody says, oh, you're going to go against the Department of Defense? I'm like, well, do you know another agency that like that controls our military? Yes, the DOD. Well, you know that they are big. No, tell me. I know they're like a trillion dollars more than I have, but you know what? I'll outwork anyone any day. <laughs> any day. I'll clean their clock happily. Well, apparently it, it, you've been doing that. Yeah, I, but I love it. You know what? Um, a lot of people, when they work, they don't love what they do. And I feel sorry for those attorneys out there or whoever it is that has a profession that they don't love. It doesn't feel like work for me. Like I... I sh- shoot, you know, all day long, all night long with anyone, my, my clients, um, it could be anyone. And I'd love to brainstorm and think about ways that are like exceptions to rules and such, or ways to help society at large. And it doesn't feel like work to me. It feels like something that most people should be well-equipped to do when they are in that profession. So what's the rollout timeline for the Vanessa Gein bill? So, I am Vanessa the, Gein. so the president signed it, um, signed an executive order. Can't, sorry, I can't stop laughing about this. Um, he signed an executive order <laughs> a few weeks ago. And so it is out there. So yeah. they now have that right. Um, and so, you know, that's... When is this agency, this third-party agency going to be stood up? Like, how uh, is that? They actually have a phone number now. They have all that stuff. I can get it for you. Um, but it's, that's out there. It's, um, one, I got to tell you, like, I'm going to give major credit to the IRC, the Independent Review Commission. They came in and they did a good study, a broad study of uh, sexual harassment, assault in the military. <laughs> My twin sister always... <sighs> she always likes that attention. Um, so uh, they, the IRC did a great study and they looked at when, when people um, report what the numbers were, how they were handled, mishandled, all that stuff. And so uh, I do appreciate the studies that were done and facilitated because it wasn't like, oh, this- It gave this, us a lot of data points yes. to- It to wasn't like, oh, this happened to Vanessa- and it's an isolated incident; never happened before. There's some serious history of this. Yeah, that's this, what I mean. There's some serious history. To draft these bills and start pushing them across, these problems have to be constant. Repeat, repeat, yeah. repeat, because no one wants to put all this effort in passing a law that only makes sense to one incident. Right. Correct. So, so you had the IRC like just start digging apart oh. just the data behind reports, direct reports, yep. like. They looked like, into uh, so many reports and trials and or you know um, martial uh, courts and stuff. Court marshals, court marshals, and yeah. and what they one of the girls that they had there, I should say, ladies that they had there is Megan Tokosh, super cool chick. Uh, she was also Fort Hood, and she was you know she had her finger on the pulse the whole time. She knew what to look into. She, you know they couldn't hide it from her because she was in that world, and I appreciated that. So when I would talk to her and meet with her and like say you know she was informing me, I was informing her. She was getting it from her military background. And I was getting it from my clients that were calling or people wanting to be my client calling me and telling me what happened. So you're getting two sides of it, right? The, yeah. the reality and, and you know, the the history. And so it was, it was a task. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, didn't, a lot of, I want to say traditional people didn't like it. Oh, you know, this chain of command's always been chain of command. We've always done things in a chain of command. And, you know, a lot of people who just like to 
bang the table and how dare you think you're going to come in and change a chain. I'm, like, I'm not changing anything. Yeah. I'm just improving it. I'm just Wait, trying to help. Hood, how many people got fired? A lot. <laughs> not enough. How about that? Yeah, yeah. How many? What I was the kill like count? There was, it was like nine. Yeah. Major I think we're actually up to 17. But Whoa. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? Nobody wants to send their kid to the military knowing that there's going to be some person that just doesn't care. Because when you did your job, I'm sure you did it proudly. I'm sure you 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 have to be proud of your work product, and you have to have integrity. And when somebody doesn't care, like for example, let's talk about this. When Vanessa did not show up when she was supposed to do her check in, and she didn't check in, and um, I guess it was like a five or seven a.m., then a twelve, and then a four p.m. Well, if she was murdered at eleven a.m. right in the um, in the armory room, well, where was the twelve p.m. check in? How did you not know she was missing at 12? And where was the 4 p.m.? They first said, oh, um, you know, these kids, the general, like, oh, he loves me. Uh, he said, uh, oh, you know, you know, these kids these days, they play on their phone. I'm like thinking, and I, I know some generals that that would never come out of their mouth, right? And they're my friends. They would never say, oh, you know, kids these days. No, there's no option here. It's like, oh, is, are stop signs optional? Sorry, it's a mandatory check-in. What part of mandatory didn't you understand? So I go, oh, really? You run an anarchy here then, huh? And, oh, don't tell me what an NR. I'm like, he got all upset. And then finally, you know, it's really the truth is they falsely accounted for her. How do you falsely pencil, count? Pencil whipped it. But, yeah. Just, just, oh, yeah. She's, she's here. Yeah. Twice? Come on. You know, that's a, like, so you don't make those kind of huge mistakes. I think that there was more, like I said, of a cover up and the guy who murdered her. I think that, that there was just a more of a, everybody was helping each other out because someone screwed up and then everyone has blood on their hands, right? Yeah. So it was royally screwed up. But I don't think if it's a screw up or if it's done intentionally, it's not acceptable. And people should have to answer for that. And unfortunately, it's not just Vanessa that went missing. How many people, 20, 25, 40 in the last year went missing? I mean, and there's murdered or missing. And and that's not even including the people who- How many? 26? In one year. At Fort Hood? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And that's the ones that got into the paper. Fort How about Hood's all the other ones? Place. Right? It's crazy. So hopefully our work has now made that place a safer place for our soldiers. Um, and so we don't have to worry about, you know, they don't have to be, when I, how about this? When I was there, it was very, um, I felt like it was oppressive. I felt like this general who had like this beating his chest, thinking just because he, you know, wore these, you know, fake gold stars that you got when you're a kid and, you know, for attendance. He had these, I'm like, can I take those stickers off of you? Give me that. Um, so it's like, are you kidding? You little general, you David general. It was like, and that EXO thing, like, like EXO, you know, do you ever have EXO chicken, EXO beef? It's so delicious. And he's like, I'm a EXO. I'm like, beef or chicken? What? Like, yeah. You what? Know, I was... The executive officer, Natalie. XO beef is so delicious. I don't delicious. know what that is. Oh my God, look it up. Go to Chinese food restaurant and order XO beef. It's the best. Anyway, so, you know, you're talking <laughs> to someone who's like a lawyer and they're like talking these like, I'm like, what? Thank God. Of course, afterwards, everyone's like, you don't know what you said. I'm like, I, I'm happy. I don't know what I said because I was treating people the way they need to be treated. If you want to be, you want to wear a dunce cap with me, I'll treat you like you're wearing a dunce cap with me. <laughs> You know, I don't care how many stars and stripes. So what is this, a four-star review? This is a poor review. You get no stars. What are you talking about? 
So um, I was really taken back by the attitude that I saw at Fort Hood. I didn't see any other base. And I, you know, I live next to McDill. It was just very laxy. McDill Air Force Base, great base. You know, when I talked to the the command and stuff, you know, I was good friends with a lot of the former uh, commanders. And I've always felt they were respectful. They they loved their job. At Fort Hood, I never seen more oppressed and more um, just... Out Lacks, of control. Yeah. It's like an anarchy. Ago. Like I said, it was like, and I get it. It's a big base, but that, what does that have to do with the price of tea? You know, like it's a big base. So get more command, get more rules and regs on yourself before you tell everyone else that they can't talk. So when I was, you know, when I went there and I was talking to a lot of the people and kids call me confidentially and they're like, ma'am, you know, this is what happened. This is what I saw. And you're just like, what's going on down there? So again, I think... Thank God we exposed it. We brought it to light. Um, like, I I don't know if I told you, Netflix is doing a documentary on it. It's going to talk about, you know, the the disappearance of, of Vanessa. The the people that were, you know, went missing. I think they talked to some of the families too. They interviewed a lot of the command and lack of command there. Um, and, you know, I, I felt like what we did, we improved and made that base a lot safer for the soldiers that are going there because you shouldn't have to serve our country and be worried about, am I going to get in trouble because I saw something wrong and I wasn't allowed to report it. Rather, they should be there and be safe when they're when they're getting ready to be deployed, you know, not be afraid of. And, and again, I, like I said, I, I represent soldiers at bases all around the world. Fort Hood is the one place I got to say that I, I, I would never return to if I didn't have to. Oh, wow. And that's really, that says something. Well, so now what? What's what's big on the docket now? So, um, so we got the Netflix documentary mm-hmm. coming out, and then we have the H- HBO Max miniseries. It's called The Whistleblower because um, my law firm is called The Whistleblower. And and the by the way, the Sergeant First Class Richard State School Military Medical Accountability um, Act. That area of law that practice is strictly military medical malpractice, and we opened up a law firm called For the Military, and it's DC based or based in DC. And that firm strictly, strictly only focuses on military medical malpractice because of all the nuances you have with the military yeah. versus normal. And you have to know Not, yeah, you how have to, to know navigate that area. Correct. Otherwise you're just going to get boggled up in the mess. And if, if I don't think that something that they've uh, paid was fair, yeah. I always had that in ears of Congress. And what is and that Senate. firm called? The military? For the military. For the military. Yeah. And so if I, if there are people out there that have had issues... They can go. Please where? call because one problem is there's a statute of limitations. Yeah. And I hate when that happens. Like, I hate it where I'm like, oh, I wish you would have called me last month when you were thinking about it. Call it. It's a free consultation. And more importantly, you, you save your military. rights for the military. That's correct. And what we do is we just focus strictly on it. So my eyes are on every case. So if I see something that's not settled properly, like, oh, they're just going to give this guy 40000 I'm like, wait, wait, wait. We'll see about that. Let's go before Congress. Let's have a hearing on this. No, 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 Ms. Kwan, we're not going to do that. I'm like, no, let's, come on, come on out. Come on, share this, share this amount that you think is fair. Like, and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a traditional attorney. I'm not afraid to call the press. I'm not afraid to call Congress. I'm not afraid to do that because people in Congress know my work ethic. They know my, my, my integrity. And I will stand behind everything I do and I'll bring the press. I'll bring, you know, yeah, I think everyone. That was the difference with you guys. Like she had the freaking press fired up. That's what got them generals tanked was how much 
how much attention was If somebody on did something to you or your kid. 100%. Do you think I, you want somebody who's afraid of a general? No. Come on. Not at all. Well, I mean, obviously there was a lot of wrongdoings there because yeah. you don't just get fired to, to make it go away. There was a lot of mishandling, like you said, the initial kind of uh, aura that you got when you showed up was like, what is Very going impressive. on here? I mean, I remember you calling when that happened. You're like, this is a disaster. Yeah. You had just yeah. gotten out of there. You two were together. And yeah, it I was remember messed you were up. like, oh, this is going to be a can of worms. So I'll give you an example of how like dumb they were because they were messing with the wrong girl. They take us to the wrong armory room to show us the armory room of where she was murdered. You don't think I remember which army room you took me to? And afterwards, I said to Myra, I was like, these people have some... Like, I can't believe they're playing this game with me. Do 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 Fox News, hi, how you doing? We got some something to show you here. No cameras here. No, I'm like, no, if you can't bring your lawyer or a camera into an event, don't trust who you're with. That's what I always say. Don't trust the person if you can't bring a camera and your lawyer. Because otherwise, if you want everything on the record, you're not hiding anything. Mm. There's too many good people who are victims of wrongdoers. And that's where I feel like where I come in with, I, I hate injustices. I hate when people are wronged. And if I can't help you directly, I'm going to find someone that can. And that's how I am. You know, I feel like obligated to help people because I care about people. No, this is great. And I know a lot of people that have been helped by you. And I'm hoping there's more out there that just didn't know where to turn. So Thank for you. the military, you have a website for that? Forthemilitary.com. Ooh. Yes. Is, that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> well, please. Yes. If you, if you think uh, that you have a case or something like this, this has happened to you and, yes. and you need help, by all means, submit it. Free consultation. Right. There's no there's no risk. And we will keep up to date as to what you're doing. And I'm sure I'll get a phone call when the next law is ready to go yep. forward. Or us supporting candidates. Yes. Us supporting got, people to make this country a better place. That is true. And we need to do We've that. You know, big moves being made. Yes. Uh, both in Florida and Texas and Oklahoma. Yes. And, you know, I just want to see, I, I hope that everybody, you know, when you vote, you vote for the person who supports the bill. You vote for the person who cares about our military. And, you know, you can look at their voting records. And I hope that people do that. You know, um, a lot, it was, you know, what I'll tell you one of the things about, um, and if you don't mind me talking about Mark Wayne Mullen for a minute. Go for it. So Mark Wayne Mullen. I like him. Yeah, I like him too. Talk to him this weekend. Oh, he's, you know, great. And, you know, a lot of, uh, with the Vanessa Gein bill, um, he obviously was so instrumental with getting state school passed because he has that close relationship with uh, Senator Inhofe. I got to tell you, I'm not sure we would have even gotten it passed without Mark Wayne Mullen's involvement because it was, you saw like when I was talking about Lindsey Graham was not a sponsor or supporter of it. So it, it became a little divided with Republicans not really being very helpful, let's put it that way, in history with supporting this kind of bill. However, Mark Wayne Mullen, real Republican man, loves our military, was like, no, 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 no. I think that whatever happened prior to state school in you, Natalie, is history. We're going to change this. And he did. He was so instrumental with getting state school passed because a lot of the Republicans who were not pro it started hearing Mark Wayne support it and sponsor it. And thank God, without, without Mark Wayne's help, you know, how would we have gotten this bill passed where now our military has these rights? Fast forward. Vanessa Gein, I call him up. I'm like, you know, I need your help. Um, 
And initially he said, hey, you know, because every every bill, when you get a bill, uh, you need a co-sponsor, you know, so you need Democrat, Republican. He's like, call Tulsi. She's a friend of mine, whatever. So Tulsi was our first co-sponsor on it. So it was Mark Wayne and Tulsi. And of course, Tulsi got out of the race and Jackie Spear became our champion of it. But a lot of um, persons did not, I think sometimes when it's like a girl's name or something, people don't identify or, or, you know, connect. So a lot of men were like, huh? Out of command, you know, things are just, it sounds too foreign for them. Thank God Mark Wayne supported it. It was like, no, if my daughter goes into military, I don't want my daughter being harassed or assaulted or murdered while she's not even in combat. She's just, you know, working. Um, so it was, it was so, I really did appreciate that guy, um, that man for what he did committing to the Vanessa Guillen bill and helping Everyone understand it was a bipartisan supported legislation. It's not Republican or Democrat, not female, male. And it's right you, or wrong on this one. Right. Yeah. Right. You're either a pervert or you're not. Are you, we have a, a, a better way for the reports and everything to come in? And Correct. And, yeah. So I, that's my shtick about Mark Wayne. Well, awesome. We we have a lot to do. A lot yeah, more work to be done. We do. But thank you for everything you've done. Thank, thank you. you. Coming out here today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that concludes today's training. Any questions? <laughs> Woo! Drum titties, boy!